0: All right, it's not Christmas vacation, but we'll take it. Score after two here at Merrimack Trails, Northeastern. Two to one, I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Second intermission tonight brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies at Merrimack. You can earn your master's degree in as little as a year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate. That's merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Here now, second intermission. Mike McMahon, last time, You will have a chance to chat with Mike from the back of .com, the Eagle Tribune, and Calls Hockey News. Last chance before the holiday break here. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the first two periods of play here? Uh, i say certainly the goal by McBride from Merrimack late in the first period was big to get them right back in it. It's been a tight game ever since. The game feels different because of that goal. Yeah, I mean, they, they played well, I
1: thought. I think it's been a pretty evenly played game. but been a lot harder, certainly, than they played last week, and I think last night, too. And uh, that McBride goal has been big because it, it makes it feel like a hockey game. Two nothing it's still a hockey game too, but it feels like a little more of a you know, maybe too big of a gap, especially for a team that's not scoring a ton of goals. But you're in a one goal game going into the third period. I d I don't scare I don't care how little how 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 much trouble you've had scoring goals? You're in a one goal game in the third period during the game. So
0: yeah, that goal has been huge. Uh, Eleven to four edge in the second period for Merrimack in shots on goal it hasn't happened too often lately. But uh, you know we've talked before when you have that kind of edge in play and uh, they had a lot of good chances in that period. They weren't able to get one past Caden Primo. A lot of times that does come back to hurt you. Uh, do you think that they needed to get one in that second period? I mean it's possible we'll see. You know you can
1: certainly look back on that if they don't get one here in the third. But uh, you know I think they've they've done a good job of of Generating some quality chances out of those 11 shots, too. That's that's kind of the most important thing for me, I think. If you look at some of the shots they've had the last couple of weeks, not all of them, or these, these last couple of two or three games, uh, not all of them have been great quality. They've had some high shot totals at times uh, with with low quality. They've also had some really low shot totals with low quality as well. So uh, this this was, I think, a really good second period because you can think of a couple in the middle there. Uh, McBride had another chance uh, that Krio made a save on. I think Petty had a a play that uh, had a a shot that that Krio made a nice save on uh, that was inside the slot. So they're getting the middle of the ice, which is where you want those shots to come from. Ironically, the goal didn't come from the middle of the ice, but you want those shots to come from the middle of the ice, and they're doing a good job of that. Well, Mike, I had a chance to check out some of the Penn State box scores. Ludwig Larson, of course, with the Nittany Lions. What do you think the impact is for Merrimack of losing a guy like Ludwig Larson? Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, he's, he's our number one center if he's here. I don't think there's any question about that. So uh, you, you kind of push everyone else up the depth chart when that happens. So, yeah, I think that's – I mean, he's only got seven points. He's playing in kind of a second or third line role from what I understand. Uh, you know, Here he would have been top power play, first line. Uh, so I think it would have been fair to expect that he would have had more than seven points if you were playing here, just because you would have been playing more minutes and in a more prominent role. So I think it's the same thing. I mean, you, you've seen them put August von, Un- von Unberg Sternberg uh, in. Hold on, say that again, please. August von Unberg Sternberg, right? Is it Unberg? Unberg. Earn-Gur, Earn-Gur. Sorry, yeah, I've got it right at some point. I can spell it. I can't say it yet, but I can spell it. <laughs> it sounds like an episode of Seinfeld or something like that. <laughs> I Think of
0: Felix Unger when you say there, the name. That might be before you
1: time. But you, know, when, you see, when you put him on that second line, and it kind of bumps everyone else down, and uh, Scott Bork was saying this last night, in the roles where they, where he envisioned they would be at the beginning of the year. I, I think the same thing happened at center. When you take your number one center out, everyone got pushed up, uh, and you maybe got some guys that you'd like to see in more of a, a third-line energy role, penalty killer that's not playing top six just because of the way the, the, the numbers are.
0: Let me ask you, uh, so in talking uh, after the game last night with Scott Bork we do the post-game uh, interview as well, and uh, you know, we're talking about Von Ungern-Sternberg, and he mentioned that he actually he's st- better at st- saying that than I am. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I can spell it for now. No, I'm a professional. This is what we do, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, he mentioned that he he's known him for a long time, I, longer than any of the, the other players. You know what? What is that connection? Uh, so I, I asked him all this over the summer.
1: Uh, he played. He started going to his camp, his youth camp, in the summer. I think at like 12 years old, uh, became good friends with uh, two of his older sons, Gordy and, I, uh, and Owen, I think. He said. Uh, so he's been friends with his sons for a while. I, th- I think stemming out of that camp, when he did that camp when he was. A kids so yeah he's known him since he said he was probably 12 or 13 years old
0: well, and watching him last night and tonight, I mean, obviously he hasn't gotten on the score sheet yet. Uh, seems like he's almost done everything but that. But putting him, putting him out there in key situations, he's on the penalty kill, they have a lot of trust in him already. Um, you know, he's got a lot of energy. I, I thought of that play, where the shorthanded play had two shorthanded chances there back in the first period. Uh, one of them it looked like uh, maybe he let up just at the last second when I mean, he had a chance to draw a penalty. The kind of thing that maybe you know a younger player is, is learning at this level that, hey, you can do that, right? I mean, you move the feet, you hustle like that, and you Will draw a penalty. I thought it was that close to it. He came back. He had another chance about a minute later and kept him moving. Almost drew it, but still had a pretty good opportunity. I mean, it seems like he's he's the kind of guy that's going to you know pick things up quickly. Uh he already obviously is showing some energy and it seems like when he gets the puck, uh, just the energy that he does have out here, the fans here in this rink already are starting to you know, pay a little extra attention when he gets the puck. Uh, he could be a lot of fun to watch over the next four years. Yeah, when you have a guy
1: with with the stick skills that he has and the speed that he has, he's gonna be a guy that when you touch the puck, you're gonna kinda of stand up and go, Oh, here we go, we can do something with it. Uh, yeah, and I think you know that breakaway in the first period, that short the first short inner breakaway, uh, like I said, that's something where I think uh, he's gotta kinda of learn the different speed. Everyone's- Says that hey, you know, it's the biggest adjustment going from juniors to college is the speed of the game. Same thing guys say when they go from college to the pros. Uh, so I, I think that's one of those little adjustments there, where maybe you know, last year in the British Columbia league, he, he has enough enough steps there to slow down and, and take his time with that shot here, you're two or three steps, you know, you got two or three less steps than maybe you had last year, so. And you got our
0: guy right in your jersey as well.
1: Exactly, yeah, so I think that's that's that little adjustment, and I think we saw it, because like you said, he got the shot off quicker the second time around, almost drew that penalty, I actually thought he did draw a penalty, There was on the call, but I thought you could have made the case that he did draw a penalty there, so uh, that's that's the stuff that's going to separate him, I mean, you look at the energy he brings, but also, uh, I think he can do some things with a puck on a stick, too, which, which is, has to be exciting, I mean, they're playing him in a top six role, I think for a reason, uh, I think as the year goes on, You know, as he gets his feet wet a little bit more, he'll have more time for power play and things like that. But we've we've seen it. He had another chance last night, I think, on a on a short handed breakaway as well. So we've seen three times now on the weekend where he's been able to use his feet and separate himself shorthanded. That's that's a good sign. Right. Uh,
0: The next time that we probably have a chance to talk is going to be uh, three weeks from now. Denver will be in town. Uh, So looking ahead to that matchup, uh, you know, we've been kind of teasing it uh, between now and then. Uh, David Carl's a head coach of Denver, of course. Alex Carl is uh, senior defenseman, assistant captain for Merrimack. They're brothers. This has never happened happened before that I'm aware of. Anyway, that a coach has coached against his brother, or a brothers played against uh, his brother as a coach for the other team. Um, what do you know about Denver? Thoughts on Denver? And obviously, we saw them last year. Merrimack went out there, and was able to win by a score of three to one on the strength of two goals in the third period from Brent Seiny, who's now in the NHL. Uh, they don't have Brett Seiny this year, but Denver is, you know, reloaded as, as, as the case may be. Uh, how do you see that matchup? Yeah, I asked uh, Nate Ewell at College Hockey Inc. about the brother
1: brother versus brother thing as a coach and player. He, he doesn't. He looked. He doesn't have anything that says it's ever happened either. So it's probably the first time it's ever happened. I think we're we're, we're pretty safe in yeah. saying that. Uh, I think Denver will be the best team they play all year yeah. you know I,
0: do you think better than any of the hockey teams yes yeah
1: I think they're scary good. And, and what's got to be scary if you're in the NCHD I mean they're they're mostly freshmen sophomores,
0: but they're so let me ask you this then since uh you know you're going out on that limb which I like you know um going to kind of take the devil's advocate approach here. Um, Northeastern beat St. Cloud. Only team uh, that has, you know, beaten, right? Uh, you know, and they're in St. Cloud and Denver and the same league. St. Cloud's ahead of them. So, you know, how do you work all that together? I mean, it's, it's tough, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's one of those things, too, where, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought Providence was the best team in Hockey East, and I still think that. And that was after, you know, it was one week after UMass swept them in two games. Right. And so I think it's one of those things. I, I mean, more towards by the, by the time we get to the end of the year, I think Providence will be the best team in the league. It's kind of the same thing there. I think by the time we get to the end of the year, we look back at all the games Merrimack played. I think we're going to look at Denver as being the toughest opponent they play for sure. Uh, so it's it's interesting. I mean, I just think that they're they're deep, but not only are they deep, I mean their their top four defensemen, top six forwards are out of those ten guys, I mean, eight of them are going to play in the NHL. Like it's they just seem to be able to just reload with talent year after year after year, uh, and and they do it. They're doing it more like they seem to have been able to find the formula that I think B.U.'s used looking for. With we're bringing in all this first round, second round talent, how do we deal with losing them so quickly? Well, they, for whatever reason, and I don't know what that answer is, but they've seem to be able to figure out a way. At least right now, to weather those storms, because it's happened with them. You know, Henrik Borgstrom in and out. You know, two years gone. It's happened with them, and they've been they've had some guys that have stuck around as well. Um, but like Will Butcher stuck around it was junior year, but still, I mean, they're they're not. They're not bringing guys to their senior year, and they're still they're finding a way for the last five, six years now to be one of the top five teams in the country. Right. I mean, they they found a way to, to find that uh, that consistency. That I think a team like BU or BC, who's kind of recruiting the same way, that they're still looking to find that formula
0: we got about 20 seconds here. Quickly, third period. What's Scott Borg telling his team? Shoot, shoot, shoot,
1: shoot, shoot, shoot. Uh, you know, I think we, we've been saying this now for the last couple of years, but get as many punks on net as you can. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, a punt backs off a leg, it, it goes in the net. And Jim Madigan? Uh... Play their game. I mean, when they play their game, they won 9-1, right? So I think it's just it's get back to controlling the puck more and doing what they do best. All
0: right, thanks a lot, Mike. Good to see you. Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll see you again after the break. Sounds good. Thanks, you too. All right, folks, check out his work at the themacreport.com. Also, uh, College Hockey News and the Eagle Tribune. That is Mike McMahon. The score here is 2-1 Northeastern. After 2, back with more after this. This is Warrior Heart.